Blind Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today I speak with designer and furniture maker John Chow. Enjoy. Yo, I think we're good. All right, cool. Less windy. It's definitely less wind in your house. Okay, <laughs> that's that's for sure. Tight. Do you have a Do you have a studio in your house? No, dude. I'm like, um, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, my living situation is wild. I'm kind of just like floating around uh, tremendously what's, right now. Literally. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Like personal like place of living at the moment um i was supposed to i i was attending this this woodworking residency up north um and that was like a nine-month program so i got like a subleaser for nine months for my spot in la but then i didn't make it too far in the program only got like a a month in and then and then dropped out basically really why is that yeah Oh, long story, but essentially, like, well, not too long of a story, I guess. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know, like, going into the program, it's a very intensive woodworking program called Kernoff School of Fine Woodworking up in um, Fort Bragg, which is like the Mendocino Coast. Um, okay. Like, leading up to that, um, I decided to take on this pretty crazy project. Uh, that involved me making 10 chairs in like a span of a month. Okay. And, and then like that kind of burnt me out pretty hard uh, going into the program. And then once I got into the program, this guy that I was um, renting a house from like a back house from, we like just did not uh, vibe very well. And that caused a lot of tension. Um. And, you know, like I got pretty homesick while I was there and yeah, I was just not feeling it. Wasn't, uh, wasn't mentally like there as well as just like so burnt out of woodworking at that point. I think I like just like worked way too hard, um, to go into that program because it's pretty intense, man. It's six days a week, nine to five. Mm. I'm just pure woodworking and only made it like a month in and it's just like what what would you be working on your own work or someone else's work well i think well eventually you go you progress into your own projects but the first month while i was there it's all pretty like laid out like we do this first we learn this first and then we make these certain tools and so forth and so forth um which is fine but i mean i don't know i think I, I kind of threw in the towel before we got to the point where we, it was more like um, self-driven project. Um, are you are you comfortable throwing in the towel, or did you feel shame? Uh, it was a mixture. Uh, yeah. Definitely shame for sure. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I, like, dude, it was. I had like everything lined up, everything was set up, and then like just like broke my back trying to get there, and then just like 
the guy that I was living with was kind of just like pushed me out. Or I mean, I know we we kind of both pushed each other out, but you know, I was basically kind of homeless at a certain point. So I was like, I don't really need to be here at this point. Like I'm not trying to I didn't have enough like fight in me to really try to persevere through it, nor did I really care too much about it at that point. Um, is this your was this your biggest towel ever thrown in to date? Gosh. I mean, I don't know if it's a big towel if I didn't put too much like <laughs> like it wasn't I didn't put it much on the pedestal to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely difficult, dude. I spent a lot of time like just like staring out into the ocean by myself quite a lot. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Fort Bragg in the Mendocino Coast is like a beautiful place, but it's also like really boring. Hmm. Like there's not, I mean, it's a small town. There isn't much to do, um, which is good and bad for the program. Um, Cause it's like pretty isolated, but you know, they're just, you're surrounded by the same people for nine months. And I think that, that prospect kind of just like really sure. did not, uh, sit well with me. Um, I don't know if you're willing to speak to it, but I'm kind of fascinated what I could learn about you from based on why you and this dude, uh, couldn't get along. Oh, uh, I mean, one, it's like, I think it was a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like in his sixties or his seventies or eighties. Um, I made a pretty bad impression, I guess. Well, I mean, I would say, I guess I made a pretty bad impression in general. Like I didn't give him like rent money on the first day and he had to remind me. And mm-hmm. at that point, I was just so scatterbrained at that point, just cause I, one had to like move all my things from my apartment into a car and drive up to the, like to Northern California. Mm-hmm. And then just like, the day before even packing up all my things and stuff, like I just finished that 10 chair job. And then I was just like, my brain was pretty much mush at that point. I was like half a person. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah. And then like, he just took that the wrong way. And then it just got kind of worse and worse. Cause my general personality, when it comes to like people that I don't necessarily like vibe well with, is usually just being kind of distant and like, um sure. yeah so i mean he took that the wrong way and like the the straw that broke the camel's back was me moving the scaffolding in front of his house and he took oh, that pretty, no. he took that pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then for me in my head i'm like it wasn't that big of a deal but all right whatever this is like your house um so yeah just like communication and stuff like that um so you're coming yeah, off yeah. Some, you're coming off some drama. Yeah, but I mean that's over now. That's like it's funny because your work is pretty peaceful. So I think it's just funny <laughs> to, to hear it. There's kind of like whether genuine or or performative. There's like a Zen quality, you know. Oh yeah, I mean I, I guess so. I mean I try. <laughs> I, mean, I think like the work that I make is generally like like something that's trying to like um go towards that it's not necessarily like mm-hmm. something i have you know it's just more you know like the work that you make is kind of just idyllic and like it lives in this space where in like you know maybe like in the future or just like in another dimension or just a general like 
different different world you know yeah no there's a serenity uh, there's a peacefulness there's a tastefulness there's kind of a the color scheme is very natural that's good yeah i mean this is good for me because i mean i don't necessarily talk about my work or nor do i have, have like because you don't really necessarily know me as like a i don't know you at all yeah exactly as a person so this is like interesting to hear what you have to say like trying to understand who i am as a person based off of my work well i think well in this hilarious story you're telling me but uh, <laughs> i think what we traded something i got yeah screen print and i don't know what i gave you but uh you gave me uh the blanket uh oh word word sure which blanket but um yeah i still uh, use it <laughs> that's good that you can't even remember it and you still use it that's that's a good sign <laughs> yeah uh so i'm still trying to process can you go back to this this woodworking is this like a residency or is that is that the wrong way to think about it no it's not a residency it's a full-on school it's like um a part of the mendocino college okay or, yeah it's are, like a, are you are you just banned is there an image of you it says banned. oh no, because the funny thing is, like, after I left, another person left right after me. So, I mean, there was, drama, there was drama for sure. Um, Did you go to art school? I mean, yes, I went to art school, but it's not like like an art center or anything like that. It's more I went to UC Santa Barbara okay. and then and then just went into the art program there. So okay. it's hard to say if it's like an art, if you consider that an art school or not. No, that's but, fair. I'm just trying to understand your your institutional um, endurance or repulsion. Like, if you like that environment, or or no, I love just... I love the uh, the like educational environment for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that, crazy because that I would ne I would never fucking go back to school, and it's not because <laughs> it's not because I don't like school, actually, um, but the quote-unquote environment it's not something i think i'm particularly keen on uh, at the moment so i think i'm more attracted to it because of just like facilities and just space sure. i mean that's yeah, like yeah, the like yeah. appeal to that i don't really care much about like talking to like instructors about work to be honest well your work uh, uh, doesn't need to be talked about it's pretty much nothing to talk about. I mean that as a compliment. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean explain, that. Explain that more. Yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. the material and the craftsmanship, and it all speaks for itself. There's nothing to be. What are we going to talk about? You know, I, I feel like it's all there. This is a good thing, about in my opinion, I, I don't okay. want to. I don't want to like. Yeah, yeah. I'm not terribly fond of discussing the conceptual framework of visual art i think it's usually a crutch it cannot be a crutch it can be something that augments the work but for me uh when it's all there this is a compliment and i think the attention you give to the objects and this is me seeing it online right it, it just it, it carries enough weight for me to think it's an important object you know, mm -hmm. like there's plenty yeah. of art. There's plenty of art where you could say, I don't know why you made this or why should I care? Um, but I think the more someone sacrifices their time and energy into an object, the more 
the viewer understands that and, and knows this is a noteworthy material, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know, do you, like, if you had to talk about your work, you know, your, I, I like the idea of elevator pitches because. Oh, I hate the idea of elevator pitches. Exactly. That's why I like it. That substance is like hardcore anxiety. I mean, I think that's what was the biggest like thing downfall, at least for me in like art school, is just trying to like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find a rhyme or reason about why I made this work or like how deep can I like conceptually go about it when it's like I don't know if it's necessarily even that deep to begin begin with. I mean, I think for me it all kind of comes down from like a like a more emotional visceral response than more of like a brainy conceptual um like no no yeah yeah for sure reaction to it um no for me an elevator pitch has nothing to do with art speak or or any conceptual stuff it comes down to speaking to literally like uh, joe schmo who just stepped into an elevator and he asks you what you do and you go i make art and and he says well what kind yeah that's even like hard to say <laughs> for like in, to anyone to be honest I, I think like, I, had, I had such a hard time even saying that I was an artist. And then, like, I still grapple with that idea. Like, I don't know. I think I sit, consider it's hard to say. It's just like All right, when so I feel the mood is right, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm an artist, but I also make furniture. Like, but like, right, like right, sometimes sorry. when you like, mean, oh, you, no, I'm actually just like a furniture maker, then I am an artist. Okay. So that's what you would go by, furniture maker? I think as like an actual occupation. Like my nine to five would be a furniture maker, but yeah, the, the art thing kind of appears when it wants to. Is that your nine to five? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I kind of have my. I work with a friend, so my my hours are kind of like, um, like made on my own. But yeah, I would say my day job is furniture maker. And you can live off that. Uh, I hope so. Well, you're living <laughs> off that. I'm living off of it at the moment as we how speak. Long, how long have you been doing that? Dude, a long time, man. Like, almost. Really? Um, I would say... I mean, definitely since I've been in LA. So probably, like, maybe, like, seven or eight years at this point. And this is something you stumbled upon, or you've been working in wood for longer than that time? No, I... Total by chance. I mean, I, I was like, so I came to LA and like before I came to LA, I was working in SF uh, at like a commercial screen printing shop, just like screen printing shirts and stuff. And that was kind of a, that, that was sucks. A, oh my God. Uh, yeah, it sucked. Um, but cause I mean, I thought I was going to like, Oh, cause I, I kind of like, um, focused heavily on like screen or printmaking when I was in school. Yeah. I was like, Oh, maybe I can try to be like a fine art printmaker or something like that. Uh, but then just like went to commercial screen printing, which wasn't a great move. Um, and then I came to LA thinking I was going to try to pursue the same thing, but like just didn't happen to get any luck with that. Um, and then, you know, just searching Craigslist nonstop. I found an ad for like, or woodworking, like entry level woodworking, and it turned <laughs> out to be with this like, um, like fine furniture woodmaker or furniture maker, and that kind of just like 
started the entire thing. And yeah, it's it's weird, man, because I feel like at a certain point, like I wanted to get out of it pretty bad. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It kind of like I almost would say that I like pigeonholed myself into like this where where I am at the moment. Well, I don't see that, you know, from the outside perspective. I don't I mean, see it. I don't see you in a say. hole. No, no, no. I'm just I mean, saying, <laughs> you know, it's. I'm saying from as an outside perspective, I've seen much more pigeonholed individuals. Uh, I mean, I just I, been, I just been in it for a while, so I just like it's kind of like maybe I should try to do something new or like reinvent myself or like find a new path. But I mean, I don't know. I think being and living in LA, it's kind of like, it's fairly easy to find a job when you have like, um, these kind of like vocational skills and just like, you know, woodworking, like knowing how to build, like Mm -hmm. it's, it leads itself to like, you know, being able to find a job, which is nice. For sure. seems like one of the, I know some people out there who, do similar work and it sounds like you can actually make decent money which is awesome and and you know and the clients like one of the harder things with the fabrication we do out here is you're kind of dealing with some like suburban new jersey taste and <laughs> it, it can be real hard to kind of end up with a product you like and the client likes yeah so i can imagine working out there especially with your aesthetic that there's probably some cohesion there and even when you speak about the printmaking background that makes a lot of sense to me because i studied illustration and i always thought the printmakers had a very keen eye and appreciation for material and the, mm. the, and even their facility was it smelled good to me and there was acid around and it was just like a more interesting world than, you know, the illustrators were just using like tablets and it was very pragmatic what we were doing, but there's a romance I thought at the time, at least to printmaking. And I can see that in your uh, practice that there's also just a traditional orientation towards material. Yeah. I mean, I'm like a, strong lover of the craft like yeah but you but uh, what could you do i mean let's say you quit woodworking today what could you do dude i wish i knew because <laughs> i wouldn't be i probably would be there right now um i don't know man i was just kind of just i wanted to just kind of like not take any woodworking jobs and just kind of see what came about and what came about was just like I like started PAing for like a production company and that was like kind of whatever. It wasn't the most fulfilling job. I don't but, even know what that is. Producing what? Like they were producing, you know, like music videos and like oh, okay. commercials and stuff like that. And I was kind of just the guy at hand, like, oh, we need to get snacks. All right. I guess I'll go to the grocery store and get snacks. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. That wasn't fulfilling. <laughs> 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 it was fulfilling in the sense I was like, oh, this is very easy. But I don't well, know. Yeah, yeah, easy usually is not fulfilling in the end. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I don't know. Like, woodworking wasn't fulfilling at a certain point either. I was like, man, I'm just 
freaking sanding tables all day. Oh, sanding is not fulfilling. No. <laughs> but are you? Do you like to get lost? Like, is this impulse to uh, move on to the next thing with no particular direction something that's appealing to you? No, not really. It's like very anxiety inducing. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just so I just I, caught, I caught you in a moment. You caught me in a moment. No, I mean, this has like been a moment that's been there for a long time. <laughs> a long moment. Yeah, but I think it was like with going to that school that I that I kind of dropped out of. Like that was the moment where I was like, oh, I guess I should just try to like really put my head down and like pursue this because like maybe this is where I belong or like I was resisting something that I shouldn't be resisting. Gotcha. Like maybe this is my calling or whatever you, what, if you would, would say that, but like, yeah, I'm cool I, saying that. I just, I just needed to see like something else or like experience something else. Um, you make the kind of work that I feel parents would be proud of. Is that? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, that's. I think parents are cool. I mean, it's it's funny you said that because that remind that reminds me. It's like this one time, like I think during my undergrad, we had like a final show or something, and like my friend's mom was like, "Oh, why don't you make work like him? Like this is this is <laughs> I like this work." So it's like her so her mom. Yeah. Yeah, her mom said that. I was like, oh, I guess that's good. That was like kind of fucked up to say to your kid. Well, well, do your parents, are they proud of your work? Uh, they're not too involved in the, in my, in my personal life, my artistic life. Mm, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Like... I think, I think my work is kind of, or my life is a general mystery to, to, oh. my, to my family. Interesting. You like it that way? I'm pretty private about my life. I mean, private in the sense that, like, you know, I put what I put on Instagram, but I don't, like, necessarily uh, tell everything, you know? I'm yeah, pretty yeah. Yeah. for the most part. That all, uh, add, that all makes sense. That all adds up. Yeah, I'm a pretty, yeah. Uh, not the necessarily the most open person, but, like, you know, I'm chill. <laughs> I, I I perceive with some discretion when I when I move around. Yeah, I have a friend and his parents like always know what he's working on. That's crazy. And I thought that was really interesting because I would work on a book for three years without my parents knowing, and then I would just show them the book, and they probably I probably didn't like it if I had to guess, um, but <laughs> but were probably just generally impressed by the the endurance. Uh, but it, yeah, it's interesting. I understand that art is so so much the part of my friend's life that it is logical that he would share it with his parents who he was cl close with. Um, I'm close with my parents, but I don't know why. It's just, for me, it's like, I'm, it's not a thing I'm interested in um, sharing in that way. Until it's done, I guess. Then I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it. But yeah, I understand the idea. It's a private impulse. I mean, my practice in general is pretty private too, um, which is kind of like almost a deterrent for me because, like, because I don't have a like dedicated space to art making. Like, pretty much all production stops. Um, what do you mean? And like, if I don't have like space, like, uh, 
isolated space for art making like mm-hmm. a room or something like that it kind of just like i don't um i'm just not in that headspace anymore at that point and it's not like i mean i wish i were the type that had that type of discipline where like you know i could just draw anywhere i want yeah yeah to. i got you I got you know you. what i mean where I'm like no i need to like i need to like go to a space where like if i'm going to go to this space that means i'm going to be working on this no, that makes sense, and that's why it's interesting that it seems that I've caught you in a, at least a displaced or nomadic moment, because again, the, the work, it has that grounded quietness to it, and it's interesting, interesting to hear all this because, again, I think it's all there. I think it's all present, and, and, uh, I don't even. It, it doesn't surprise me anything you're telling me. Because the work is that <laughs> is that expressive in a, in a strange way. Oh, it's really because like it's interesting to say that because I feel like there's certain points in making the work. It's like I think my work is pretty simple for the most part. Like there's not too much uh, bells and whistles to it, and there's moments where I'm like, I wish there were some more bells and whistles to it. But yeah, but I think I think when we're so in our practice, we forget the myriad choices that could be made so like there's thousands of decisions you could make when making anything and just selecting a certain material says a lot about somebody or even the decision to work with wood um is really telling so it's pretty hard to hide i find in art because Mm. you make like three or four decisions and they you kind of make them all the time as any artist i think and there's a thread that the outside viewer often sees that the artist doesn't because they're so intimately involved with it. Like if you love someone, there's a lot of complexity to them. But if someone doesn't know them, they just they judge them by like what they're wearing. And and they and they get you know, they get information. It's just a different kind of information. Yeah, totally. But I wonder what else it means, you know, now that I'm looking what are, you, what are you looking at in particular? Well, I look at your your website and your Instagram, just perusing while I talk. <laughs> you know? right there's on. like there's like some tradition being carried that I don't quite understand or can't put my finger on. Like I said, there's like some quality of of uh, Zen or peace or balance. Does do you have a there's a type of spirituality, but it's it feels like uh, non-specific to me. Uh, yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, totally. Like, I think there's. I mean, I think especially in the text pieces, there's definitely a lot of that that lingers on just with the chosen like the words that I decided to, to illustrate. Um, but yeah, no, that's like a pretty big part of it. I think that's like my, um like you know that's the vehicle that i choose to express that kind of spirituality or it's kind of uh way of thinking i guess because i don't know if there's any other way to really because i mean i'm not like a musician i think if i were a musician it'd be able to be easier but um do you have an actual spiritual practice outside of art making or this is your 
way of processing. Oh, I think I think that's where I, I think the art is where I process most of that. Um, I mean, you know, there was a moment in college, you know, when you're like experimenting, uh, you get into that whole Zen spiritual religion. You got to Yeah, you got to You got to do it, man. What else is college for? Um, you got to You got it. What was it? Alan Watts? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Alan Watts, uh, Terrence McKenna, all that stuff. Um, okay, so you're saying there's like a druggy slant to it. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. But I mean, I also was raised in a pretty religious household that kind of carries which, itself. Over which there. religion? Um, it's hard to say, man. I've been trying to think about this for a while, but my parents are, well, my dad or my, my grandpa, um, they're from Laos. Uh, they immigrated from Laos and my grandpa is a shaman. Hmm. Um, so there was a lot of like rituals involved that i was growing up with and then eventually my parents they moved to some particular type of like taoism or buddhism Mm -hmm. um and that involved like going to temple quite often um so i mean that spiritual language was has always been kind of ingrained in me and i think that kind of holds itself or shows itself in the work what does it mean when your grandpa's a shaman, practically speaking? I mean, you, you said... I mean, he's experienced he's, a lot of rituals, like weird chanting and uh, burning stuff. <laughs> just, um, like he, like, I, I don't know much about shamanism, but he had his own rituals or he was the carrier? No, it's, it's, he was a carrier. Um, uh, there's like, in this particular type of shamanism, there's a lot of like chanting a lot of like ancestral stuff offerings um burning of paper burning of offerings and things of that sort so and is there is there a moment like is common with a lot of religious upbringing where you thought it was lame uh never thought it was too lame i think that's cool it got lame when i was like forced to go temple like yeah. Every every day or like every week. Like that that's when it came late. You know, like when you grow up as a like a teenager, pre teenager, you start to start to rebel and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, no, this isn't that cool. This is pretty late. Um but you know, I think once like I went to college and had some space from that and then like had to like, you know, had some time to process all of that. I mean, it kind of made a little bit more sense to me. Um, oh yeah. 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 I'm very fond of these kind of golden flag forms, the star and the, uh, well, I don't know. I guess it's a flag in the oh. rock. Those are quite beautiful. Oh yeah. That was, that was a fun one. With this flag in the rock, I don't know. Oh, yeah, looks like a, looks like a flag in a rock. Tri- I mean, that looks flag? like that looks like your uh, your your little logo for your fabrication. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're on the same page here. Um, I yeah, think we are was, in some in some way. Not yeah, you know. aesthetically for sure. We're probably in the same book, maybe not in the same page. <laughs> if I had to guess. Um, I mean, but where where were you raised? Were you raised in California? 
Yeah, dude. California born and raised. And I think I'll probably die here too. That's gnarly. Um, I don't know. I'm like super fortunate about it. I'm like, of course, I think stoked on it. But I was born in um, Oakland, California. Oh, God. and then yeah, raised there, and then went to school in Santa Barbara, and then like spent after Santa Barbara, just came to LA. Been living in LA since. Yeah, I lived in Oakland for like five years. When was that? Oof. Like 2000 something? Well, definitely 2000 something based on how old I am. Um, <laughs> that's a big span though. So I, I guess it was like probably 2011 to 2016 or something. I lived in Mr. Floppy's Flop House, if you're familiar with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get into sounds it. Like, that sounds, sounds like something like in West Oakland, probably. It was on the edge of. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I just imagine. I feel like that's where most people end up finding themselves in. Flopping especially, out. If especially if you're an artist, you end up somewhere in West Oakland. Yeah, fascinating place. Great. Very happy not to be there anymore, but very grateful <laughs> to have experienced that. Um, yeah. So that's that's interesting to think about you being from, uh, you know, me and like Merritt, we really. We connected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I had some moments. Oh, for but, sure. But now you're an L.A. Uh, man. Yeah, I'm an L.A. man, dude. I definitely enjoy here a lot. I think I like, well, it's also that's good. like, you know, when you're born and raised somewhere, you kind of try to resist. Well, you don't. Oh, well, I mean, resist. Go, or I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think my upbringing and like my general life in Oakland wasn't like uh it didn't make me too happy I was like pretty depressed I think growing up like was always trying to think about like oh I need to get out of of Oakland and like kind of made it a mission to like never go back and where'd you go I mean I'm in I'm in LA now oh that was escape basically (laughs) it's like far enough for me to to to, to leave it behind. Okay, I got you. But you are I mean, Cali- you're a California man. That's cool. I like that you're from where you're from and you like it and you accept it and you'll die there. I think that's uh, good. Yes. Are you are you born and raised in Jersey? Yeah. But I, I went to school in Philly and then I moved to Oakland and then I came back to Jersey. Yeah. But for me, um it took that period of rejection to appreciate it maybe because new jersey is objectively less beautiful as a (laughs) as a state in some ways um but you know it's so obvious that it could be so much worse and uh yeah i mean i won't i don't want to get too deep into it but i just i could not connect to the california the 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 um i don't know if it's a communication style I mean, I made great friends that are still my friends out there, but I would say in general, there was a different, to use a California term, energy or vibe that uh, as a New New Jersey man, it was tough at times. Yeah, I can see that. I went to like a a chair making program for a few weeks in Tennessee, and I feel like I might have rubbed some people the wrong way with my uh, Californianess. Yeah. No, I mean, we take for granted how gigantic this country is. 
and how different people can actually be because we yeah. all speak the same language so it's kind of an assumption of homogeny yeah totally. but where your family's from you said laos yeah mm-hmm. you know i don't and, uh, know. if i had to point it out on a map i don't think i'm hitting. it's a, a landlocked country that is in between like it's southeast asia um, okay. it's between like cambodia thailand vietnam word, 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 word. have you yeah. been there no i haven't i haven't the most the furthest i guess southeast asia i went was basically indonesia okay do you but, want to go there does it matter so. i don't know if it really matters too much i feel like i think yes but it's not like a huge priority for me to go i feel like that's some cool. people kind of make, cool. it, make it into like a mission like i need to know about my past or i need to right, know right. where i'm from and who i am or whatnot but i don't necessarily have i think a younger me probably had that um inclination but present me it's pretty um content with where i am how old are you who, uh i am 32 oh nice yeah how old are you 35 well it's not too far off you'll catch up <laughs> yeah just just stay there at <laughs> I'll catch up. do you like being uh 32 um i think so i think i've um yeah, I think I think 30s is where it's at. I think growing up, I feel like there was so much pressure in your 20s to really make it and like be a superstar or like, you know, have something really going on for you, but I think that's all a fallacy. Well, it depends it, what what you want, you know. I guess, but yeah. I mean, I think well, I mean, at least like within our within our like world of like art and and whatnot, like it's yeah, yeah. Really can be a, it can be a curse. It can absolutely <laughs> oh, be a curse. God, yeah. Um, but there's also it, one's natural expression and how it meets their society. So, like, this is not an insult, but I don't think making what you make, you would ever be a superstar, quote unquote. You know? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, hum- it's, it's kind of more humble and quiet than, like, you know, it's not sensational. And that that, that is a compliment. And I think, like, along with that, like, um, just realizing that, you know, it's going to move at its own pace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're very yeah. willful in your 20s, you think. And I think that's cool. I, I appreciate that period of people's lives where they think they can manipulate reality easily. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, I don't think that's how it works. Even if you think yeah. you're doing it. You probably, probably aren't. I mean, it's until you reach it there. He's like, oh, okay, never mind. It's, let's just, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to be mellow now. I'm not. I, th- I don't think I'm the most ambitious person. Um, uh, whether that be to like my demise or whatnot, but like, and kind of going with the flow for for the most part. I think recently. Well, it seems like you are definitely ambitious at least you were with this project of 10 chairs in a month so you have uh, i mean the paycheck was good dude 
Like, oh, there's money. I, I thought you were I, just like, I thought you were uh, just like, dude, I'm not going to kill myself to make 10 chairs for nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, all that, that, that whole job was mainly geared towards like, um, funding my, the, the, the woodworking program. Okay. Like it was all geared towards that. Like, Oh, I like need to make as much money as possible. Like in addition to the scholarship that I received for the program, I needed some more money to like cover the last portion of my rent and whatnot. Cause you know, you're basically not working for nine months. Yeah. 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 So like a lot of that was like, okay, I need to, to really hustle pretty hard, but I think I hustled too hard and like really saw, <laughs> saw how that ended up. And like, it was like, I don't know if this is really worth it. Like I have not been that stressed in my entire life. Well, well, Hey, now you got, you just got cash. You're flush with cash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that ended up funding my trip to Indonesia. So, you know, not too mad about the, the general outcome of how things went. This is a non sequitur, but how much glue do you use in your woodworking? Oh, a lot, dude. Everything's glued. <laughs> yeah, this blew my mind when I first started doing it. I had no idea. About using glue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shocked me, the amount of gluing and clamping that occurred. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, I wait, what's your... What's your uh, background in terms of like fabrication or woodworking? There, there is none. You just straight picked it up off of when you started the off the your floor. Business. You know, I was re I was um, I realized like, oh wow, you can't just draw all the time. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like there's no real attachment to reality. I also started to question. Look, for as much any as someone might want to question this, it's like, as a dude and, and trying to understand masculinity, until you build a chair or a thing out of wood, I can't really explain it, but I do believe <laughs> there's something going on there. And I could just tell that drawing in and of itself was kind of stunting me in multiple ways. But as I started to learn how to build things and fix things and, and design things, like... I just felt like a maturation process on every level. And, <laughs> and for, so I approached it from that perspective. Like, um, my friend, essentially my partner essentially taught me how to do a lot of it. And mm-hmm. he has an interesting background too. He was like a finance bro who become, he, who like lived in China and then became like completely dissatisfied and just started doing woodworking on like cabinets and he likes audio stuff. So building out custom speakers. And then I think we both had just realized uh, that there was just some fit there. And uh, yeah, for me, it was like, it's was peripheral. It was like a spiritual concern or, or a maturity concern that I thought I couldn't get as to where I needed to be by just drawing. Cause there's such a detachment from reality with that. And, yeah, uh, totally. and I, I thought, Oh man, there's something really beautiful about the way that wood talks back and the way that building things uh, humbles you every day in crazy ways that, you know, hit, hitting control Z uh, <laughs> when you're drawing on a computer or drawing in general doesn't. And yeah, and it changed my a lot of my psychology. So 
I have no background. You know, I went to school for illustration. I really didn't know much about building too much. I've always been interested in like designing things, but uh, no, I basically everything I've learned, I've learned in the last four years. And like I said, through the help of my partner. Um, so I think we both approach it from a kind of naive perspective. Like we didn't go to school for industrial design. We don't know the right way to do something. And I've always liked that. Even I love animation by people who didn't, who don't know how to animate. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so obviously there's a great tradition to these things, woodworking. Um, mm -hmm. And, but yeah, we're just trying to find our way through it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, for the most part, you probably still know more than your clients do. But <laughs> Oh, I would hope. I would hope. And I guess that's yeah. the, the asymmetry you're looking for here. But, you know, we we have a CNC, so it's different. I don't know if you use CNC at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The last shop I worked at, it was all primarily CNC, which is good and bad. Um, but, you know, that it, it, it only gets you so far. And sometimes, you know, the work always ends up kind of looking CNC. But yeah, that's, I think, it's, it's tricky. But, you know, I mean, that stuff is like... It really pays for itself, man. The machine? Like like the works that you get off of the CNC is what oh, yeah. yeah, like yeah, so you yeah. get these crazy cabinet jobs and most of it's all done in the CNC and like you just paid your way for the CNC with that job. That's precisely what happened. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> but no, you definitely lose something and you kind of get stuck in this weird two D axis of like puzzling things together that's and it's pretty hard to obscure that at times mm -hmm. um, but in terms of your process like these stools you made what does that look like oh um is it pretty simple like could you describe it to most people of the tools readily available or are you using yeah i mean of... everything i'm not i'm not doing like any crazy joinery by any means uh i mean at the most crazy joinery was probably just like a a dovetail joint but even then that's like not really that hard mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i think the stools were all done with a lathe at least like all the round parts like the seats that's all lathe and turned on the lathe but I mean, everything else is just kind of like glued together um maybe like a certain angle here or there but yeah this is all i, I mean for me it's pretty straightforward i don't think because a lot of like the process um it just starts off with like a very vague drawing and then you know i kind of just build it off of that oh so they all uh, start with is would it be true that they all start with a drawing yeah oh most definitely like a very vague drawing like just like the general like maybe a leg here maybe like there the seat looks like this and then like um you know I like to just build on the fly for the most part when it comes to that stuff. It's just easier. And mm -hmm. like, you know, I think my like woodworking career has like brought me to a point where like, I don't need to stress this stuff too much. I feel like in the beginning, um, my boss that I had was pretty, pretty uptight about everything, like being perfect and like square mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, to the point where like that kind of like, ingrained itself in my practice and caused me to like overly stress about things 
And then like, as I gradually went through the cycles of like going through different employers and working at different shops, I'm like, oh, this is like, not that serious. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, not, that's, that's good that you started it off like that though. It's not rocket science. Yeah. It's, it's weird how my, like my woodworking career kind of like, um, like progress itself. Like at one point I was like, man, like, I like started off in like super fine woodworking and then like gradually just got like more heavily commercial, mm-hmm. which like, you know, each, each experience has its place, you know? Um, yeah, you learn different things. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, but you know, like, and then gradually I kind of just found my personal way of practice or, or like making things. Um, and you know, like, I feel pretty confident for the most part. Um, at least, yeah, I would hope so, considering how long I've been in the in the game for. Right, but it sounds like you're trying to get out of the game. Uh, I mean, I think I'm... I think I might be done resisting the game. I might just, yeah, I'm like... I'm here for it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think you got to give up. I, yeah, that's... that's give give I think, in. I mean, like the whole, well, I was just talking to one friend, um, about my whole woodworking, uh, fiasco of, of last year where like going to that school, like essentially that kind of just prolong what was going to happen eventually, which is like, I think, I mean, I'm like still not fully on board, but still basically opening up shop and, like being a little bit more serious about my own production. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. I mean, I, I mean, I'd like, as much as like, I kind of have like a weird sore spot with woodworking, I like, do love it. Like, I think it's super fun. Um, That's the best you're going to do right there. <laughs> there are no, you're going to have a sore spot somewhere. You do, oh, do anything long hard. enough. It's hard not to have a chip on your shoulder. And I think that's something that I had a lot of trouble um, really coming to terms with. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's better now. Um, so are these stools, for, you know, for instance, for sale? Uh, yeah, they are. I, I think I sold most of them. And, and let's do you make an, uh, duplicates of them? Are they like, what would you say? I don't know how to, what the term would be for like you make one and then you would just keep making more on demand if, if there was a request or do you value them as singular objects? It's a good question. I think with my personal practice, it's hard for me to return back to something. Yeah. So for the most part, they're, pretty singular but you know if there's is it weird to say like if the price is right you know like i wouldn't mind like i'm not is it weird like, no that, like i'm not attached to them being like one-offs or like unique pieces but yeah i mean it's it's furniture i don't think i don't necessarily see them as like sculptures per se mm. i mean i think it'd be weird to like remake a painting or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but, I, just, I really like the stools. I'm, I'm a, 
I love stools in general, and I make shitty stools when I have time. There's something about a stool that hey, man. Uh, it just gets better. What gets better? You a, your stool, your stool making. It's gonna. You gotta keep progressing. Oh no! I mean, I don't know why, but when I bust them out, they're just—they're almost intentionally as crude as I can make them. They're, <laughs> they're like just like a cathartic release. But I, yeah, I want to pursue them. I don't know why I just like them. I, I like how they ask you to. They they kind of meet you in the middle on like a chair, which kind of. Oh, for sure. No, I I have the same sentiment. And like, I wish I could make a chair, but a chair is way too like. It, there's just too much that goes on with it. A stool is like, you know, a leg and a seat, and you're done. But also, chairs, eh, they pamper the sitter. They, they, a stool is like, you got to still maintain posture, engage core. The stool is just, uh, just barely present. You know, it's just like a leg. And I've sat in some pretty uncomfortable chairs before. I don't know. Oh, oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I do feel that chairs can weaken the, uh, sitter over time, but a stool, I mean, it's, it's very simple, very, very yeah. simple. And there's no, like you said, there's no angle of seating to consider. I just, and I like the way you designed the middle where there's kind of a, a little grab hole, mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah, I mean, those all came out really good. And it's it's funny because, like, um, I was, like, renting out shop space from a couple friends. And this is also during the time when I had uh, my show that was happening in Portland. And uh, <laughs> I just got stool crazy and just focused way too much time on making stools. And the this my studio mates were just all surprised, like, oh, you're not putting any of those stools in your show? I'm like, no, like, these are... These are just for fun. I was just having too much fun making stools. They're very fun. Yeah. So. People people should make more stools, sentimental stools. Uh, I mean, I think people, I mean, I think my whole, um, like, design ethos or manifesto, just basically de- designing for your, your own personal life. I feel like people should just make their own things that are more, you know, custom made to themselves because you know you're the only person that's going to know how it feels so you should be able to want to the one that makes it so am i to assume like your home is filled with your own work uh to a certain extent it is um i mean i have like an ikea bed frame just because yeah i sick the fucking it's a lot easier yeah, to yeah, just yeah. buy an ikea bed frame than spend maybe a week or two and just like X amount of money on lumber. Uh, but, you know, I think ideally like the vision that I have for my future and like would love to like create, it's just like the home that is filled with objects um, and like furniture like made by myself. Like, you know, like the, what the artist that comes to mind is always like JB Blunk and like his whole, um, You know, do you know J.B. Blunk? No. He's a California woodworker um, known Um, for making these large, like, redwood sculptures. um, Yeah, I do know this. Yeah. And he has this this complex, or, like, a land, and he, like, built the house and, like, built all the furniture. And, yeah, it's, like, been in, like, every design 
That's where right. I saw it. Yeah, just yeah. like a portamento or some kind of oh, design. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like something similar to that and just like, you know, building yeah, out your life. Stuff's really cool. Like, yeah, that's like, I mean, that's what I'm kind of aiming for. Would you point. would you build your home as well? I would design it, but I don't know if I necessarily build it. I'm like, I'm. See, here's the thing. I think a lot of people try to kind of get in mixed up and like, oh, when you say you're a woodworker, you're like, oh, can you build your house? Like, no, like it's different, man. Like, I can build the furniture, but I can't build. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh consider myself like a contractor for like gotcha pouring foundation or whatnot i'm sure i could do it but i would not well <laughs> yeah it's not it's not a question of technical skill it's more a question of how holistic you're trying to get with it you know so i think it's a logical leap of uh like if i had an infinite lifespan i'd definitely take a shot at building a house poorly <laughs> definitely yeah I mean, I think it's, 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 it's crazy though. I just think, I think a, a like a hard reality is that I don't know if it's a hard reality, but just like, I think without our generation, like that doesn't seem very possible at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just, no. the way, just the way things are. I mean, not to be like a downer, but you know, at some point, I mean, that's a dream and yeah, it can, it's possible. <laughs> But I don't sure. know the, the the likelihood of it. What are these? Can you are you willing to say what these stools cost on average, or is that a secret? Uh, I mean, I price them out at six hundred. I think this is like the what I was going for. Six hundred. Yeah. That's not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's hard to say, dude. Especially, I think with me, it's just like. I think it's always kind of interesting um, that like, makers are making stuff that like stuff that they can't even afford themselves. Like, I think that's very common, you know? Yeah. It's just a funny thing, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, I priced them at 600. It seems pretty big manageable. I think so. Uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't buy a stool for $600. It, it's hard, dude. Cause I'd be like, man, I just make that myself. Yeah, that's true too. That's that's where I kind of come from. But I mean, if it's someone that I really respect and like really want to work, probably I just I catch up. Um, what's your favorite wood? Oh man, Let's go. redwood probably at this point. Oh wow, Let's never even, never even thought about that. So you work with a redwood, huh? I mean, lately I have been like the, one of the stools was made from red, red, redwood and uh, it's just nice. It's not the most durable wood, but it's really pleasant. And like if you get the right grain, it's pretty beautiful. Um, You're a Cali man. <laughs> I through and through. It's hard, man. It's beautiful. Um, that or like <clears throat> I'm also just like I think my introduction the wood was uh walnut too so i'm like i kind of mm -hmm. have a sore spot for walnut but you know i think there's just there's so much wood out there man it's true so can people reach out and and uh like ask you to build things not at the moment 
<laughs> no, you don't want I, that. At some point, no, it's like I have such a weird thing when it comes to commissions, and mm. I, I feel like I think I've, I've I've had that offer before, but I don't think I've ever taken one. Strangely enough, it's hmm. interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm just such a. I think I'm a brat. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Um. Yeah, you got. You're definitely like you got the artist in you. <laughs> it's fucked sometimes, but yeah, uh, it's an interesting tension. Yeah, um, yeah, it's tough too because I also have like this weird complex where it's like you know I don't. My greatest fear sometimes is just like, what if I just make something they don't like, and if they don't like it, I'm gonna be super bummed. Yeah, it's perverse, but I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, can you can you can you make me a stool? And like, if I make them a stool, like what I would want, and like, it's like, no, oh, this wasn't what I was really thinking about. I'm like, dude, like, soul crushed. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just so much easier to be like, all right, I want to make this. I'm gonna make it. There's no one else in the room. There's no one else. Like, really, you know, like you know, you, you go through the dilemma of just having too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But, you know, when it's more, like, self-promoted, where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make this because I want to make it, and I think it might look cool. And, like, turns out looking cool, I'm like, all right, perfect. Like, I can definitely sell this, or, like, I can let go of this. That, that's where I am at. But, No, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I just have too much paranoia about, like, oh, what if I make something really shitty? <laughs> Interesting. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I don't really do commissions um, sometimes, I think, but you got to catch me on a good day. Noted. <laughs> well, I got to go to bed. This is the East Coast. Right on. But good to meet you. Hey, man, good to meet you. All right, have a good night. All right, take care. Music by Dory Bavarsky and Mingja Chen. Next up, we have Sam DeRazio. Enjoy your week.